You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone out there. Welcome to this week's edition of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. Uh, So great to be back with you all again this week uh, in case you aren't recognizing my voice. My name is Amy Johnson, uh, the lead correspondent over at our sister site, AHLReport.com. But for today, I'm going to be your host for the next hour, sitting in uh, for Michael Spinella today. Uh, This is episode 246 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And of course, I'm not doing this by myself. Uh, That means I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, who is the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports. That would be Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Um, Happy June. Welcome back to the (laughs) studio. June? It is June. It is June. It's insane. And um, Michael is enjoying the lovely June weather. I think he's a traveling minstrel, you know. Um, I think really? he's off to Quebec City this weekend or, wow. or those uh, parts. But yes, uh, happy to have you here. And we got lots to talk about today. It's the, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, we're recording just prior to uh, the opening game of the Stanley Cup final, Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights. Um, going to be a good series. Someone who has never won the cup is going to lift the cup. Um, absolutely. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty incredible to to watch. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, in case you th- you're thinking that uh, the Stanley Cup final and the lead up to it is the only thing happening in the hockey world. Uh, we're going to hit you with a few Habs headlines, uh, let you know the latest that's going on with the Montreal Canadiens in the news this week, as well as uh, some some roster news. Yes, we actually do have roster news. We have the first signing of the summer, believe it or not. And talk a little bit about all of that. Bring you uh, an in-depth prospect report, because if there's one thing that's still active this time of year, it is uh, some of the Canadiens' prospects. And of course, that also means... Uh, we're we're inching closer and closer to there being a new batch of prospects added to the Canadians organization. Uh, and as we've been doing, we're going to give you some NHL entry draft news that's come out this week, as well as uh, hockey news from around the entire National Hockey League. Tis the season for hirings and firings. And so uh, there's been a lot on that front this week. We're going to talk to you 
Uh, a bit about that, get you caught up, even some speculation as to what the next moves could be on that front. But what I'm really excited about, Rick, of course, is our big topic segment, segment number two. Uh, this will be the third consecutive week running that we are continuing our run up to the draft with another expert draft analyst uh, coming into the studio for a sit down interview with uh, with you and I this week. It's none other than Jerome Barube, the director of scouting for Hockey Prospect. He's going to rejoin the show. We love when he ha- when he's on. Uh, and he's going to discuss the upcoming draft with us and give a give a bit of a scouting report on uh, some players that should be in the conversation for the Canadians with their fifth overall pick. And uh, we might have picked Jerome's brain on a few other things as well. Uh, and then finally, we're going to wrap things up in the third segment, uh, letting you have your say. We're going to put out the Canadians con- Connection question of the week. We're going to hear some responses from you from last week's question and get you all set up for the week ahead. So lots to talk about and cover. And we're calling this episode, episode 246, Targeting Michkov, Smith, or Benson. And that might give you a clue as far as uh, <laughs> what uh, Jerome Berube, Director of Scouting for Hockey Prospect, will be talking about in the second segment. That's right. Now, don't forget, this is an interactive podcast. You can text us at any time via the Rocket Sports text line at 5853-ROCKET. And uh, believe us, if you listen week in and week out, you know absolutely uh, when when listeners do drop a comment or an answer to the question of the week at that text line, we certainly uh, many times do read that on the air the following week. Uh, also, be sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And be sure you've got our website bookmarked at CanadiansConnection.com. All right, let's start with some Habs headlines. Um, while there isn't actually any kind of Montreal Canadiens organizational uh, you know, business news, there is some really exciting, fun news for three particular players uh, on the roster Let's start with Juraj Slavkovsky. This past week, the young Slovakian graduated from high school. You know, you would think. <laughs> you you would think that they're, you know, what more could you possibly be excited about uh, a year, almost a year after you were taken first overall in the NHL entry draft? Well, I think graduating high school after passing his oral exams is uh, probably pretty exciting on your eyes list. Uh, he was in his hometown of Kosice in Slovakia, and uh, he had attended a, um, a a sports school, a private secondary sports school. And uh, to finish up, to graduate, he had to go through a number of oral exams, which is interesting uh, way of doing it. Asked uh, what were his most, uh, what, what did he have most trouble with? He said uh, Napoleon history. Uh, he had okay. some, a little bit of trouble with that, and uh, it caused him, he said, both my, my shirt and my brain sweated through that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, congratulations. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations to Slavkovsky. Uh, getting that high school degree uh, is uh, certainly something to be proud of. Uh, great accomplishment. Josh Anderson proposed to his girlfriend. Sorry, ladies. Josh Anderson uh, popped the big question to his girlfriend, Paola Venezio in Puglia, Italy. Now, I will note, Rick, uh, you've left us all in suspense here on the agenda because you did not indicate as to whether or not she said yes. You simply said that Josh Anderson proposed to his girlfriend. Well, on her answer, uh, on her Instagram, (laughs) she said um, she showed her ring. Uh, She said, my person forever, the most perfect night in my forever happy place. Here's a lifetime of loving you. 
Josh Anderson. Wow. Uh, so yeah, she she did say yes. Okay, that's we were <laughs> a little nervous over here. There wasn't an answer. Uh, she's a. <laughs> uh, it turns out she's a physiotherapist in um, well, in Montreal. Handy. Yeah, works at a private uh, physiotherapy <laughs> clinic. So yeah, uh, quite a nice pair there. That's that's handy to have when you're a professional athlete. Uh, and also, finally, Mike Hoffman and his wife Monica uh, bringing in some tremendous news to round out this this trilogy of good news. Uh, becoming parents to a beautiful baby girl. Congratulations to Mike Hoffman and his wife Monica. Uh, born at the Grand River Hospital in Kitchener, a place I know uh, pretty well. Then uh, the baby's name is London Parker Hoffman. She came in at seven oh pounds four ounces. That's a mouthful. Yeah, London Parker Hoffman. All mm-hmm. right. Well, uh, be sure to uh, keep HabsHockeyReport.com bookmarked. Uh, despite the fact that uh, it is the off season, there is plenty of. News to be circulated each and every week that you want to stay on top of. Chris G. always uh, bringing the Habs notepad column every Monday. And, of course, Habs headlines uh, articles appearing Tuesday through Friday throughout the off season as news continues to drop. Um, in terms of roster news, um, first and foremost, although we know that it, uh, it happened a, a few days ago, we would be remiss if we did not offer an enormous congratulations to Justin Barron and Sam Montembeau for uh, helping Canada to win gold at the 2023 IIHF World Championship. Just a tremendous, uh, tremendous, it was quite the medal round uh, altogether. <laughs> um, it was exciting to watch. I think the medal round was was one of the more exciting few games that we've we've seen uh, in the offseason at Worlds in a while. But a big congratulations, uh, particularly, I you know, and this is not to discredit Sam Montembeau at all, but I think that's an exciting piece of the puzzle for a young Justin Barron as he's just starting to get his footing underneath of him as far as an NHL career goes. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for both of them. Big congratulations. Congratulations to them both. And, and they both played uh, key roles mm-hmm. uh, leading up to that gold, gold medal. Proud moment. Um, who had Germany and Latvia in there? Uh, <laughs> not, not many on the scorecards, but um, yeah, as, as uh, uh, the, the team Canada folks said, um, the journalists covering uh, the team had said this was the worst uh, set of talent uh, that Team Canada has ever brought to a world uh, <laughs> championship, and they used that. Uh, they used that as a, a motivating factor all through the tournament and came away with a gold medal. Well, congratulations. Uh, as far as, you know, the other roster news that's kind of might have slid under the radar for some people this week, that it's one of those easy things to forget that there are particular prospects as they get to the end of, of the period of time after they've been drafted, where the organization who drafted them uh, could lose uh, their rights, their negotiating rights. Uh, that deadline comes around at, at 5 p.m. on June 1st every year. Um, and Frederick Decal and it was actually two goaltenders uh, looking at at that Frederick decal and, and Joe Verbetic. Um, and let's start with decal. It looks like the Canadians have declined to offer a contract to Frederick decal. Uh, and so, uh, they lose his, uh, his rights and, uh, we wish Frederick decal all the best. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting move. Um, obviously goaltending is a point of, uh, that the Canadians have to attend to, um, they've obviously decided that Frederick Decau is not going to be part of their future plans. I thought he had done enough to earn a contract. Uh, of course, those 
contracts. There's only 50 of them, so they mm-hmm. have to um, issue them sparingly. Um, we saw him as a backup for, for Lunda uh, his first year in the SHL last year and did pretty well. Um, he was picked in the fifth round of 2019, 22 years old. Also, he appeared uh, for and has appeared for Denmark internationally, and he was at uh, the World Championship and actually was doing pretty well until he was injured uh, in the game against the Americans. But mm-hmm. um, Canadians moving on from him, and um, and we'll see what that means to the rest of their uh, goaltending cohort. Absolutely. Now, that leaves Joe Verbetic uh, with, with the question mark, and you might be thinking, now, Amy, I... I've- I follow Habs news pretty closely. I didn't see Joe Verbetic, uh any announcement that they had uh, had offered him a contract. Well, they haven't. <laughs> they haven't signed Joe Verbetic to a con- contract, Rick. But however, um, kudos to the Canadians. Uh, someone on the Canadian staff who knows the CBA inside and out. They had there is a loophole in the NHL CBA that allows the Canadians to retain the rights to Joe Verbetic for not just one more year but two more years. Uh, despite the fact that they did not sign him to a contract by the June 1st deadline. A little bit complicated. I'm going to give credit to, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to give credit to assistant GM John Cedric. Mm, He knows the CBA (laughs) inside and out. Uh, That's his job to to know that. Uh, And in section 8.6, bracket A, bracket 2, um, there is a there is a clause that, uh, and I'll just paraphrase. It says that if uh, an 18 year old player uh, leaves a junior hockey, major junior hockey, a year early uh, after they've been drafted, then the team who's drafted him um, gets rather than two years gets four years, or or it says for the fourth June after their their uh, draft date is the way it's phrased. Okay. Um, so uh, Joe Verbetic uh, is still part of uh, the Canadians on on the reserve list um, and, and will be um, without having to yet sign his ELC. And and uh, we know that uh, Joe Verbetic, he, he, he uh, had four games, I believe, with uh, Laval last year and, mm-hmm. and uh, a winning record. Most of his time was spent in Trois-Rivières in the ECHL, but... We'll see if there's uh, uh, if he'll be more utilized uh, with the Rocket this uh, upcoming season. Uh, there was um, an interesting little tidbit. Speaking of things that might have slid under the radar, a little tidbit that Cap Friendly kind of dropped into Twitter timelines this past week. Uh, and Rick, I think you even mentioned to me that so far they they're the only ones who have mentioned this. Um, and I guess probably because. M- no one probably knows why, but Cap Friendly is reporting that uh, prospect Jack Gorniak, you'll remember he was a former teammate of Cole Caulfield's, um, has been removed from the Canadians' reserve list. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, you're right. He was a teammate uh, at Wisconsin with with uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, we've t- we've talked to Jack Gorniak. We he's have. he's. Uh, um, he's a utility player. Uh, he'll play wherever you want want to uh, place him. Um, his he had to uh, sign a contract by August, I believe, August fifteenth, maybe, um, uh, before the Canadians lost his his rights. But Cap Friendly said, in addition to the the players with the June first deadline, they put out a list 
uh, of players uh, who were also removed from that reserve list, and Jack Gorniak was on it, curiously. Uh, so it looks like he will not be part of the Canadians' plans going forward. Interesting. Uh, believe it or not, Canadians have announced their first contract signing of the offseason. No, it is not the Caulfield contract. We know that everyone is on pins and needles waiting to see how high the dollar signs are going to go for Cole Caulfield's contract extension. Uh, instead, uh, this one uh, is kind of at the bottom of the forwards uh, in terms of rotation. That would be forward Michael Pizzetta, the, uh, I guess, affectionately known by the Canadians and their fans as the Italian King, uh, to a two-year, one-way contract extension, average uh, with an AAV of, of $812,500. So I will I will start by saying congratulations to Michael Pizzetta. Um, I will then say I'm not sure why this was the first contract to get signed. Um, we know that this coming season there's going to be uh, a lot of, lot of a lot of prospects to put on that roster need space for them, um, but I digress. Uh, Michael Pizzetta, however, with the announcement, uh, very happy about getting to stay in Montreal for the next two years. And we and no 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 denying he's a fan favorite. He really pumps up the crowd. Uh, and uh, if uh, we actually have a clip here of him talking about what it means to him to get to stay in Montreal. I mean to stay in Montreal. Like I love it here. Like. Honestly, uh, every day you get to play at the Bell Center, it, it's something special. You know, there's so much history and just the fans are wild. And it's such a loud and just fun atmosphere to be a part of that it's like you want to stick around in this atmosphere for as long as you can. And I'm really glad that I get to come back for another two seasons. Is he the first contract of the offseason? I thought there was Miguel Tourney, but... Uh, and, and Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm so sorry that I forgot about Miguel Tourney. Yeah, uh, I digress uh, as well. Um, he sounds excited. He and, does. And I think, I think most Canadians fans are excited to have him back because he, he is a fan favorite. Um, absolutely. The, the flow, um, the... <laughs> The truculence, uh, the way he plays, I think he is a fan favorite. Um, was it, Boy, I don't know about this one, though. Uh, two-year contract, he'll yeah. be around uh, uh, for the next two seasons. Um, and, and with the influx of young players, uh, you just hate to see those slots being taken up uh, by a player who's not maybe not going to play a, a major role. Now, looking even last year, when the Canadians were, you know, um, out of the well out of the playoffs and, and had a season full of injuries, um, Michael Pozzetta had a hard time getting into the lineup at mm -hmm. the beginning of the season. It was only after uh, the injuries started to pile up midway uh, through the season where he became a regular. Uh, and even at that, he played uh, 63 games um, and averaged nine minutes uh, a night. Um, and uh, ended up with 15 points. Now, you know, saying uh, that there's a need for a player like a Michael Pozzetta because he's not afraid to drop the gloves, he only had nine um, fighting majors uh, last season. Arbor um, Jacki <laughs> probably has more. <laughs> uh, I think Arbor Jack, I'd, I'd have to check. I think he has the same number, but in far fewer, maybe in 20 fewer games. Uh, well, there you go. Um, uh, I think where the difference is, I would be 
hard pressed to argue that Michael Pozzetta won any of his fights. Now, a credit to him for for getting I, he in there. He always steps and, up, knowing and, that he's yes. probably going to get beat. And and yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a major difference between yes. Jackai and Pozzetta is the number of fights, uh, the percentage of of fights that. That they won. won. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's a different kind of player. He's a special kind of player. Fans love him. Um, just uh, a little bit, a little bit odd. And, and, you know, I thought maybe the highlight of his, certainly the highlight of last season, but the highlight of probably his career was when uh, Marty St. Louis, um, in a shootout against uh, yes. Buffalo late in the season, end of March, um, tapped Michael Pizzetta <laughs> on the shoulder to get in there for the shootout. And he scored, and he scored. Uh, a winning goal, give the Canadians the 4-3 win over the Sabres. And he did the the Tiger Williams yeah. uh, ride the stick goal celebrations. So um, On highlight reels for weeks yeah, after that. Yeah, no, it, and a wonderful moment for him. Absolutely. Um, just don't want his, uh, him uh, taking uh, a spot of um, of some of the prospects. We'll see how that all works out. But congratulations yeah. to Pez, Michael Pizzetta. All right, uh, let's uh, switch gears now and uh, take a look at the Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Well, we finally know uh, who the Memorial Cup final comes down to, airing on Sunday on TSN. It will be the Quebec Remparts from the QMJHL versus the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL. Uh, in the semifinals, it was it was Seattle versus Peterborough, which was Jared Davidson versus Owen Beck, and it's Jared Davidson who is going to uh, advance to the final um Rick, I think it could be, um, you know, Quebec got the the bye in the in the semifinal. I, I, I this is this one is hard to put a finger on who I think is going to come out as the winner on this one. Yeah, Quebec may be a bit surprising how they've uh, how they were at the top of the standings. Now, I should say that Seattle and Quebec had uh, they they had the same record. Um, but Quebec got the bye to the final uh, based on their round-robin play, and, and they beat uh, Seattle, it was early in the tournament, maybe Monday, 3-1, uh, to one, um, and uh, kind of uh, Seattle didn't score until late in that game. They kind of uh, shut down the powerful Seattle uh, offense uh, through that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, on uh, Sunday afternoon uh, on TSN. I believe it's on the NHL Network in the U.S., um, but, uh, with respect to the Canadians prospects first, uh, Owen Beck, um, in five games, he had three points, a goal and two assists, but Owen Beck is the reason, uh, that the Peterborough Peets got to, uh, mm-hmm. the semis in the first place. They had to play the tiebreaker against Kamloops, uh, play in overtime, uh, where, uh, Owen Beck, um, drove drove the play, got the assist. Uh, it it was uh, a very good tournament uh, for uh, Owen Beck. Jared Davidson, he is. We've been talking about him uh, as one of those underrated prospects yeah. all year on the on the Canadians Connection podcast. And man, in in the fi- in in the uh, uh, Memorial Cup, uh, he hasn't disappointed in his opening. 
um, eyes. He had two assists in the semifinal. He has six points in four games. Um, he, he's uh, he's been terrific uh, throughout throughout the the Seattle Thunderbirds playoff in the WHL and then in the Memorial Cup as well. Congratulations to uh, Owen Beck for 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 making it as far as he did in uh, in the CHL playoffs and uh, big big good luck to Jared Davidson and the Seattle Thunderbirds as they take on the Quebec Rumparts this weekend. Uh, in NCAA news, uh, there's uh, you're going to hear us talk with uh, you, you've heard us talk in in the past weeks with Russ Cohen and Sam Cosentino. Uh, and and you're going to hear us talk to Jerome Barube here in a, in a little bit about the fact that this uh, this year's draft class actually has a good contingency of uh, very very well ranked goaltending prospects. One of them is Michael Hrabel, and uh, UMass Hockey, that would be University of Massachusetts Hockey, announced that Hrabel is going to join their team for the upcoming season in 2023-24. Why is this interesting? Well, for two reasons. Uh, first, if you look at the central scouting uh, final rankings of North American goaltenders, Michael Rabble is number two overall. Um, he played uh, this past season in Omaha in the USHL. And uh, th- the plan was that Michael Rabble would spend one more year in the US- USHL with Omaha and then join U- UMass in 25 25- 26 mm-hmm. season that whole plan has been moved up a year it's been accelerated so his development arc is uh is moved ahead and that might make a difference for uh, a team and where they place him on their uh, draft rankings for goaltenders so um given that the canadians uh, may be looking to draft a goaltender Please. um this is this is uh this is significant news uh that happened this week Expect to uh, to really start to see goaltenders flying off the board potentially early in the second round, um, and uh, will we see a first round goaltender? It's you know if someone I I think if someone's desperate at the uh, towards the bottom of round one and think that think that guys are going to go very early in round two, you might see that happen. I don't know. Uh, be sure, of course, when you're speaking of Habs prospects, particularly those in uh, the AHL with the Laval Rocket, uh, that means we want you to be sure that you're bookmarked over at our sister site where I am, the lead correspondent. That's AHLReport.com, AHLReport.com. Um, as, uh, well, even this week, as the Calder Cup final is, uh, we're getting closer. We know that the Hershey Bears are going to the Calder Cup final. We're still waiting to find out who their opponent's going to be. Uh, and of course, listen and subscribe to our weekly podcast uh, there at ahlreport.com called The Press Zone. Um, as far as the draft goes, we just kind of uh, talked a bit about Michael Robble there. Uh, but leading up to the draft, we're, we're focusing really on the latest news and rankings that are relevant to Canadians fans. Uh, this week, the Misaja odds uh, came out for who will be the first player drafted by Montreal. Remember, that's the number five overall pick. Um, and uh, well, looky there, uh, Rick. It looks like there's um, there's a guy named Matt Vemichkov at the top of the list. It's interesting, and and a lot of Quebec does this. Um, they place the odds uh, on the first player drafted by Montreal. Uh, it's pretty close, uh, but Michkov tops out uh, as the most likely player to be drafted by Montreal. Uh, just behind Will Smith, uh, then maybe a bit of a surprise. We talked about him last year, uh, last week, 
on last week's podcast with uh, uh, Sam Cosentino. Uh, that's the defenseman, David Reinbacker. Uh, following uh, David Reinbacker is Ryan Leonard, another player that Sam Cosentino uh, thinks pretty highly of. Uh, and then uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, uh, talking about uh, Slavkovsky and, and uh, uh, Slovak players, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky. Um, and we talked about him two podcasts uh, back uh, with uh, Russ Cohn. Uh, and one of Russ's uh, favorite prospects mm-hmm. for the Canadians to consider. So uh, we, we give you the experts' opinion, but here's the here's the betting odds <laughs> uh, right. in uh, in Quebec right now. And you know, I have a feeling some of our listeners are going to get on on that and uh, see if they are correct. And uh, you know, speaking of the NHL entry draft, it's coming up uh, the last week of this month. Remember, it's on a Wednesday and Thursday this year, mm-hmm. which is a little weird, but we'll take it. Okay, uh, it's uh, going to be held in Nashville, and uh, as usual, uh, the Rocket Sports uh, Media Group here has partnered with the NHL once again, and uh, hoping uh, that we're going to see some some Canadians fans in Nashville this year. We've done this back since uh, 2009. Um, we had talks with the the NHL, and and. Um, because, uh, the NHL draft is, is one of the very few, uh, events on the hockey calendar, on the NHL calendar that, that, uh, brings in fans from every, every team, all 32 teams, much like, uh, the all-star game. Um, the, the NHL would like to see, uh, certainly there's going to be tons of fans there from Nashville, uh, but would like to see just a myriad of jerseys in the, uh, bridge, uh, Bridgestone arena, um, and uh, they partnered with us to, and, and we're going to help them do that and bring fans in. Uh, so we have uh, a set of tickets. Uh, we announced this last week on last week's podcast. And as soon, almost as soon as the podcast was out, <laughs> uh, we getting texts um, about the tickets that we have available. Um, and, and they are free of charge. Um, and you'll have to find your own way down to Nashville and look after your expenses. But if you want a good reserve seat, uh, we'll have them, uh, for those who send us an email, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com or send us a text at 5853 rocket. Uh, again, very few left, uh, but glad to uh, make sure that our listeners have a spot to watch the Canadians pick at the fifth overall, uh, selection point. Absolutely. Um, just to, as we start to wind down this this opening segment, as we're getting ready for Jerome Berube to join us in the studio for segment number two, uh, just a couple of news and notes uh, from around the NHL. I find this one to be fascinating. Elliot Friedman uh, put this out uh, just a day or so ago, that the NHL and the NHLPA have reached an agreement to run a trial this summer Again, uh, hard underline under trial run of this uh, for an on ice training program this summer where um, this this was actually something that I believe is the Vancouver Canucks were fined $50,000 for for doing last year, where currently in the CBA, it, it, you know, it talks about how uh, in in the offseason, uh, there can't be any official staff uh, on the ice. Uh, with certain players and so forth during training. Well, they're going to try something this summer, Rick, that maybe they're going to dip a toe in the water to change that. Well, you're right. It was uh, the Vancouver Canucks who who tried this um, and and brought in um, the Sedin twins, 
who now act as uh, player development um, uh, consultants with the organization to uh, work with uh, some of their younger players. And uh, um, now they're going to try this this out um, so that uh, in, in the past, uh, uh, the, the players have worked on their own, um, have, have certainly worked with uh, and communicated with team officials to set up training programs over the summer, but it was forbidden uh, for uh, staff to be on the ice with them over the summer. Now, um, they've set up a system where uh, a player will request uh, through this, uh, the NHLPA uh, an on-ice session with a, uh, about a certain skill. Um, so it's, they want to improve their shot. They want to improve their skating. Um, and then that, that, um, team official will spend some time with them on the ice. Let's say it's Adam Nicholas, um, over the summer. The interesting thing is that it has to be, uh, specifically a skill that they're working on. It can't be to learn strategies or, or systems. You, you know, you can think of some young players coming in and they want a little bit of a, um, jump start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On on what systems that Marty St. Louis is going to be using. Can't do that. Uh, it's limited uh, quite narrowly uh, to skills. So um, this is going to be a trial over the summer. We'll see how this works. Um, and it's optional. Uh, players don't have to uh, bring in uh, or meet with a skills person thing is <laughs> how these things work uh, optional sometimes becomes expected mm-hmm. um, so anyway there'll be a trial this summer we'll see how it works it's very interesting very uh, particularly anytime that you're the trying they're trialing something that's already a, a, a no-no in the CBA it, it, it tends to get attention all right. I st- I mentioned at the top of the show that is the it it's the season of hirings and firings, and that has certainly been the case uh, this past week. The Washington Capitals. We know Peter Laviolette uh, no longer behind the bench for the Washington Capitals. Uh, they were able to uh, announce his replacement, uh, and I have to say I'm exceptionally pleased about this. Uh, Spencer Carberry was hired as the head coach of the Washington Capitals. Um, I will I'll preface what I'm going to say by mentioning that uh, actually Patrick Williams and I uh, did a deep dive on Spencer Carberry uh, and and his potential as the Washington Capitals head coach on this week's The Press Zone podcast. Uh, you can find that at thepresszone.fm. Um, Patrick, of course, very familiar with Spencer Carberry's extensive AHL experience and even in the ECHL and beyond that and and what makes Spencer Carberry successful as a coach. Um, you may remember him as an assistant coach behind the bench with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but really, uh, his experience is quite extensive, Rick. And, and, and as I said to Patrick on this week's press on episode, this is for me, the quintessential example of, of a coach putting in the work from the ECHL level, being successful there, going to, graduating to the AHL level, spending time there, being successful, then moving into an assistant coaching position in the NHL and finding his his own success there, and finally get just the amount of coaching experience this first time NHL coach brings to Washington's bench. I think that I, it's just a wonderful example. Of that's how you're supposed to do it. For sure, yeah. He has a dozen years of experience starting uh, in the ECHL with the South Carolina Stingrays. 
as an assistant coach, then a head coach added to it, as often happens in the ECHL, director of hockey operations. So he learns a lot about uh, the background and the organizations, bumped up to the AHL as a head coach with Hershey. So Washington knows this, this, uh, this guy very well. Um, and I, I should say that uh, while in the ECHL, he won. Uh, head coach of the year while in the AHL he won Mm -hmm. head coach of the year so tons of experience uh well-qualified person to take on uh, the role as head coach with the Washington Capitals uh the Nashville Predators also did a coaching change I find I found (laughs) I found this one to be interesting uh literally one day they announced that they had uh dismissed John Hines as the head coach and the very next day they announced that Andrew Burnett has had been rehired as his replacement. So uh, obviously didn't waste any time, obviously had this in the works behind the scenes before they officially fired Hines. Uh, but uh, congratulations to Andrew Burnett. This is a, this is an interesting new position for him to take. And a revolving door there. As yeah. my grandmother used to say, here's your hat. What's your, what's your hurry? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Hines out um, and Andrew Burnett, his connections, of course, to the Florida Panthers, um, and uh, he's in uh, for the Nashville Predators. Now, maybe this week you decided, you know, after the uh, the May long weekend holidays, I'm going to go camping for the week, completely off grid, and I'm just going to cut the cord and turn off the outside world. And if that's the case, then maybe you don't know that Brad Tree Living uh, was named the new GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, it's been quite uh, the the headline making. Um, just all of the turmoil with the Leafs in the last week and a half or so. Um, and uh, plenty of, it was, was this, was this kind of like the worst kept secret uh, in, in the last week uh, that, that it was going to be Brad tree living, taking over uh, as uh, as the GM of the, of the Leafs. Uh, Brendan Shanahan had said he valued experience, experience, experience. And Brad tree living certainly fits that bill. I think that, um, that he was Shanahan's top target all the way through um, the Canadians connection here that, that Mark Bergevin got an interview, mm-hmm. not an in-person interview. He only got a, a zoom call. Um, but, uh, so I, I guess, uh, to do the due diligence, uh, by, uh, Shanahan, but, uh, no, this was, this was, uh, Brad true living start to end. Uh, now Kyle Dubas his name, not out of the headlines for very long, um, and actually, <laughs> Pittsburgh announcing this uh, just, what, an hour, 30, less than an hour minutes. prior to Tree Living's uh, press availability. Pittsburgh coming out of the blue and saying, oh, by the way, Kyle Dubas is our new president of Hockey Ops. Um, Congratulations. Welcome, welcome, welcome aboard, Kyle. Uh, and so, yeah, Dubas uh, not uh, unemployed for very long. Now, this was rumored as well, but the the folks from the Fenway Group who own Pittsburgh were off in Monaco for the F1. So, mm. um, yeah, a nice place to be. Yeah. Um, and then uh, came back, but, yeah, not so coincidentally. Um, and and you you got to know that, that Kyle Dubas, given that his unhappy exit from uh, Toronto, uh, had a hand in this to make the announcement 30 minutes before uh, the uh, the Leafs had their press conference uh, introducing Brad Tree Living. So reporters obviously brought up uh, Dubas's name during that press conference, and and you know the kind of petty person he is that mm-hmm. that he had a hand in that. Absolutely. Now. 
The interesting thing is we're going to play a clip for you. And, and there have been members of the Toronto media who have even honed in on this particular quote from Kyle Dubas in his end of season media availability just about two weeks ago when he was being asked a lot of questions about his future with the organization in Toronto and, and whether or not he would be back as GM or if he was going to move on to somewhere else or, you know, what was the plan going to be? And notoriously, literally almost, but you know, practically a week prior to this announcement that he's joined uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins at the president of Hockey Ops, Kyle Dubas just casually kind of threw this out there. What I would say is that I'm, I'm not going to, I definitely don't have it in me to go anywhere else. So it'll either be here or it'll be taking time to recalibrate, reflect on the seasons here. Uh-huh. But you won't see me next week pop up elsewhere. I don't, I can't put them through that after this year. No, you won't see me pop up anywhere else next week. Uh, all of that, uh, every single portion <laughs> of that, you won't see me put them. Them um, refer to his family, family. obviously. Uh, that he'd either be the GM of the Maple Leafs or sitting at home with his family yeah. reflecting on seasons past. So uh, I don't have it in me. I just don't have it in <sighs> me to be a... Uh, to go anywhere else, he didn't say a GM, to go anywhere else, no. period. And, um, oh, next week you're not going to see me pop up anywhere else. Every, <laughs> every single thing about that was uh, was false. And so you had Sid Sichero, uh formerly of t- uh, Sin- uh, Tim and Sid, uh, now Breakfast Television, uh, putting that out, putting that clip out uh, with a label um, saying that Kyle Dubas is a fraud. Interestingly, in Dubas's press conference with Pittsburgh, uh, when asked what he was going to do about uh, a general manager, oh, well, you know, it just so happens that I have some experience there. So I'll, 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 I'll take care intern. of that for right now as yeah. well. Yeah, intern. I'll just, I'll look after that. Might as well. Uh, before we take our break, there is one piece of news that Darren Dreger kind of... <laughs> I think Darren Dreger woke up this morning and said, you know what? I think I'll blow Twitter up on him mm. early on a Saturday morning and and put it out there that he is hearing that Mike Babcock might be back in the league behind the bench next year uh, because it is quite possible that he is who the Columbus Blue Jackets might select to be their next head coach um, and that uh, it, the process might be being held up because his officially he's still under contract with the Leafs. Yes, they are still paying him. Uh, until the end of this month, so that that everyone took that with a reasonable <laughs> reaction Col- today. <laughs> Columbus looking for a head coach. The Rangers looking for a head coach. Yeah. Laviolette might might be uh, in line there. The Flames looking for a head coach. But um, yeah, interesting and and hung up um, by the the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, until the end of the month. So yeah. uh, there'll be lots of of um, reasonable thoughts between now and the end of June <laughs> shared on Twitter, I'm sure. That's, Twitter is full of reasonable, mm-hmm. measured, well, measured and well thought out commentary. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Still to come, uh, we are going to tackle our question of the week. Uh, that's coming up in the third segment. 
But first, we have our big topic segment coming up right after this break, where we are going to be joined in the studio by our special guest, Jerome Barube, the director of scouting at Hockey Prospect, uh, to continue our series on draft analyst interviews and conversations in the run-up to the 2023 NHL entry draft. So you do not want to miss that. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling sources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, my name is Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at Rocket Sports on Twitter as well. And hey, while you're at it, you can follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We always welcome you to visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, also, I mean, something you can do just right now. Just look down, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you're not, just tap that subscribe button. You don't ever want to miss an episode each and every Saturday. Um, all right. We are uh, very excited about uh, this this segment. Of course, uh, Jerome Berube is no stranger to the Canadians Connection podcast, a good friend of ours dating back to the early days of Rocket Sports Media. Um but Jerome Berube is now the director of scouting for Hockey Prospect. Uh, they're an independent scouting service, if you're not familiar with them, uh, who provide player evaluations to NHL and CHL teams. Every year they publish what is uh, fondly referred to as the Draft Bible. Uh, it's officially called their NHL Draft Black Book, uh, containing extensive scouting reports and, uh, and draft rankings. And uh, Jerome joined... Uh, is joining uh, myself and Rick right now to discuss the upcoming NHL draft. So continuing our series of uh, interviews with draft experts and analysts in the run-up to the 2023 NHL entry draft coming up later this month, uh, very happy to say that we have another returning guest uh, appearing here in the studio with us this week, Rick, Rick and that is None other than Jerome Berube, the director of scouting for Hockey Prospect. Uh, always so happy to talk to you, uh, particularly this time of year. Jerome, thanks so much for being here. Hey, no problem. How are you guys doing? We're doing 
doing great. Getting excited for the draft. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> we know it's a busy time of year for you and all of uh, all of the team there at Hockey Prospect. And I guess before we we get into the kind of the meat and potatoes of of what the Habs might have uh, for options with both of their first round selections, um, I thought perhaps first, you know, people are fam- well familiar. Fans are well familiar with you know hockey scouts and that folks go out and they scout prospects and and all year long and and so on and so forth but they might not really understand what that entails uh you know i think there's plenty of fans that might think that it's just sitting around watching some video uh you know here and there throughout the week um but it's actually much more involved than that i think i think that the job of a hockey scout is one of the most intense uh throughout the year and so we thought we would just start with just having you describe in general, you know, what is life uh, as a scout like for you? You, you? How much do you travel? How many prospects do you cover? Things like that, but just just in general. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to be in the rink a lot during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so yeah, you're in the rink. Uh, you will watch players. You probably know which player you're going to watch uh as soon as you get there like you have a, a at least an idea of who you, who you who you have to watch um you know if you're only scouting for the nhl draft you kind of just by the you know the the birthday of the player you know who you you're gonna have to watch but you know you have connection you know who who uh you're supposed to watch and who, who like who really matters and um the, the, the part about scouting that is less fun is actually when you get back home, is this is when you write your reports. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, like the watching hockey, like, well, that's great. Um, but the writing reports is uh, the, the less fun part of the, of the gig. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something you have to do, obviously. It's, it's, it's part of the gig. Um, and, yeah, and also I think another part of scouting is uh, you need to – have like a good, you know, good contacts because it's one thing to know player on the ice. So oh, I can, I can evaluate his skating. I can evaluate his hockey sense, you know, his, um, his compete level, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But um, you have to know the, the kids. Uh, you have to able to, you know, ask question uh, to like coaches or anybody really. So you can find some, you know, it's this, uh, you know, half the ice. How, how is how is this kid? Is he a hard worker in the gym or all that kind of info? So mm-hmm. it, it it takes a while <laughs> to you know figure out like really a player and player at, at that age they change so quickly. Um, so so yeah, that's that's like I would say uh, the main part of the gig. You know, you need to. You need to know what you're doing when you're scouting. Like you need to know like what you're looking at on the ice, but you also need to find, you know, in some case some info like off the ice about some players, not to have like a bad surprise. We we do interview some kids at, at some points in the year, but obviously not like NHL NHL teams, obviously, but we still do it, you know, for a few kids. Um and um and yeah. Well, it's um, like I, I think that, that some fans, that there's lots of information out there on prospects. And, um, you know, you see the, the typical two or three lines about a prospect. 
um, you know, good hockey sense, quick release kind of thing. Uh, that's not what we're talking about in the kind of, you talked about writing reports. The reports that uh, you folks put together at Hockey Prospect are detailed. Um, I have copies of, of your NHL Black Book when I used to get the uh, the printed copies, and they're Bibles. They are, mm-hmm. you guys are the, um, just the, a resource uh, for wonderful information, extensive scouting reports, um, and 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 extensive draft rankings, and uh, it's just a uh, an excellent resource for for fans, for media, for uh, hockey ops part personnel from junior hockey right up to the NHL. And um, so, talk about your scouting service and 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 how you guys are are a little bit different than than um, that went, than the kinds of reports we see elsewhere. Yeah, um, well, the the website was built uh, in 2004 by Mark Edwards, who's still the big, big boss, still my <laughs> boss. Um, and, you know, uh, one thing he told me about, like, those scouting reports that we write, like, I don't want your scouting reports to look like something you can read. Well, I was going to say newspaper, but they don't really <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> but, like... On a, from a typical, you know, media, mm-hmm. you know, you're a scout, you, you can't, you, I don't want to hear, well, this guy score and at the end of the second period and all that, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. You have to write your, your report like a scout and it's, it has to be detailed. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we have content for, for fans, uh, some free content, some, some of it, some of it is uh, for subscribers. Also, you know, uh, NHL scout management staff uh, they do subscribe to our content and you know they respect what we do uh, on the on the website. And it's, you know, it's been going going on for you know almost two decades now. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, you know um, our reputation is pretty good. Um, you know, Mark has done, <laughs> Mark since the beginning has like been, you know, in the ranks for NHL draft, OHL draft. And this is how you build, you know, a uh, relationship with NHL guys. They, they'll see you nonstop at games that this is when they're going to, you know, say, who's this guy? And mm-hmm. this is, how, you know, you build a bit your, your reputation as a scout. And, and, you know, if I look back at our list since, you know, our lists have been pretty good. You know, we didn't, we didn't, there's, there's not such a thing as a perfect list that does not exist, but, you know, we're pretty, pretty happy with like the result of our lists in the past, even if they were controversial at the time, we don't, we didn't really care. We just, you know, you want your, you want our opinion. We're, we're giving, you know, our opinion. So even if people on Twitter don't like it, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Well, speaking of controversial, and and not that it was controversial, but you were one of the few ranking agencies, um, and and not that you put out a mock draft, but but you you had in your rankings Yuri Slavkovsky um, last year as your number one prospect. You said that he had the talent uh, to be a number one uh, prospect, and 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 yeah, just one of the few that kind of went against the grain um, and had Slavkovsky at the top of your list. Yeah, um, um, yeah, we we are number in number one. I think 
uh, you know, it was not a great draft last year. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want people to think Stefkowski should be a 90 points, 100 point guys at the NHL level. I, I don't see that happening, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, he was at that, at that time, I think, our number one guy. And I still think he is today. Um, I think, uh, you know, Logan Cooley did really well in college this year, but it's really tough to compare guys in college versus a guy in the NHL playing, you know, nine minutes per game. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we're only going to have our answer if we're right or or wrong uh, in, you know, four or five years. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's how scouting works. It's, it's a, it's a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. That's right. (laughs) A lot lot of patience. A lot of patience. It's the long game. Well, uh, this year, um, certainly much deeper draft class this year. Uh, The the, the potential for uh, some surprises, some excitement, some entertainment. And, of course, for Habs fans, uh, that uh, very delightful number five overall uh, pick uh, kind of looms large, and and there's certainly plenty of speculation as to who could go at number five overall f- with the Montreal Canadiens pick. Uh, we're going to talk about three players that, uh, in particular, that you've identified as potentials to go at that number five po- position. Let's start. Um, actually, I'm going to hand this over to to Rick uh, for for the first uh, the first guy that that's we're going to start with. Well, we had that excellent hockey resource, uh, Mise au Jeu, uh, Lotto Quebec put out this week. Um, they asked the question, who will be the first player drafted by Montreal? And Mise au Jeu said, uh, Matvey Michkov has the best odds of, of being picked at number five. So um, what does a scout say according to, uh, uh, do, do um, you agree that he should be in the conversation at number five? Oh, definitely should be in the, in the conversation. It just it just depends if Montreal are okay with not having him for three years. And and you know, I don't think this was like a an amazing year for Mitchkov. Um, I think he had like a a great two month stretch with Sochi and KHL, but the rest of the season he, there was some you know up and down moment with him. Um, so, but at the end of the day, he's a, his talent level is really high. Um, he's a bit like, to me, I I kind of think of him as a bit like Cole Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knows how to score goals. Not a huge player. Not the fastest player. Not the best defensive player. Not a high-end playmaker. Uh, but he knows how to score goals. And it's very similar to, to Caulfield. Um, I think I don't know if Montreal is thinking this way, but I I am. I'm I look at Caulfield and I'm like, okay, if you're adding Mitchkov, and then we can even add Cole, uh, not Cole, Lane Hudson <laughs> on that <laughs> discussion. You have three player that could be three of your core player, and all very all very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look at in the playoff. There's not many smaller players that are really shining, um, so I don't I don't know if they think it's a, a bit of a an issue, um, but you know you get to fifth overall pick, and he definitely has to be in the uh, in the conversation. 
Now, what about a name like Zach Benson? Where does where does he fit into the picture for you at this at this position? Yeah, I feel Benson is for people that watch him play or even scout. He's impossible to dislike. Um, super intelligent player, high compete level. So if you want to get scout mad at you, if you don't compete. They'll, they'll ate you probably. <laughs> <laughs> so Benson, you know, the way he competes, the way he thinks the game is really high end. Um, the, the problem with him is like, yes, he's, he's a smaller player like Mitchkov. Um, like Mitchkov is not the fastest skater. Um, but I would say uh, his hockey IQ is, is better than, than Mitchkov and he competes better than Mitchkov. I'm just... I'm just worried about him and uh, about because he plays like he's about 5'10", 160, and he plays like he's 6'3", 210. <laughs> I do I do worry about like is injury going to be a factor? Mm-hmm. Like is he going to be able to play that style at the NHL level? Um, so those are my question mark uh, with him. But overall, I just I just love the player. But I don't know. I think teams will be a bit worried about can he play that style at the NHL level? And you know, he got injured at the end of the year. Uh, I believe he separated his shoulder, so he missed the, uh, the 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 end of the regular season and the start of the playoff. Um, so I want I do wonder about if teams will be a bit worried about. You know, can he can he be that guy at the NHL level? Um, so, but he's he's a, he's ton of fun. He's talented. He works hard. He's one of the more intelligent players in the draft. But you know, can he be that same player at the NHL level with that inside game? I don't know. Uh, well, remains to be seen. So the U.S. national program produces a lot of high level uh, talent and. Uh, this year, particularly on one line, um, you had uh, Gabe Perot, you had Ryan Leonard, and then uh, Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith, a very, I, I think for my money, kind of a deceptive player and, and uh, the way he is able to produce his points. How, how, what do you see in, in, um, in Will Smith? Yeah, um, if you only watch highlights, you would think Will Smith should go number one in the draft. Highlight <laughs> <laughs> reel. If someone makes a highlight reel video on him, it's it's gonna be pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, he's got uh, one of the best pair of hands in the draft. Like he really is one on one ability or high end, uh, as good as anybody in the draft. I would say, uh, great playmaker, one of the best playmaker in the whole draft. Um, I th- this is some like Trevor Zegers to to his game. How mm. uh, he um, super talented, um, plays center now. Um, I do wonder if he's gonna stay at center at the NHL level because uh, a bit like Zegers, Zegers have have more around between center and wing. And I know he plays center this year, but I don't know if that's gonna be the long term answer for for Zegers at center. Um, and so Smith, like my question mark with him are, well, his play away from the puck is very average if I'm, I'm being nice. (laughs) Um, 
not much, you know, physicality. The compute level is okay, but it's not great. Um, so in the offense is great, you know. Um, you you could say, yeah, this guy is going to be a great regular season player, and then come playoff time, question mark. Because mm. um, we all know playoff hockey is a it's a different beast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Um, yeah, so he needs to add more element to element to his game. So he needs to be a bit more complete. Because I, what I notice with initial playoff, it's the complete player are the ones shining the most because they don't really have any weakness in their game, and they're able to, you know, make a difference. And you know, every zone they can make a difference. So I think that's what Will Smith is lacking a bit right now. It's more like a, a better two-way game. Um, so yeah, I do wonder. Like, does he stay at, at center? I'm I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. Um, so, but the talent level is really, really, really good. So it's a. Uh, it, it, I think it really depends on the team philosophy. I think something will be really, really, really high on him, like top three, top five in their list, and other team I think could have him, you know, closer to to ten. So. Um, you know, Trevor Zegers, I think, was better than him, and he went, I believe, ninth in uh, in his draft year. Um, so it's going to be interesting where he, where uh, Smith goes in the draft. Just before we look at players um, at the bottom end of the first round, is there is there any one uh, any players um, that that you see in the top ten um, that that maybe we're not talking about enough um, other players that, that you think belong in that one to 10 range. Yeah. I mean, all year we had, well, uh, Dimitri Simichev and Daniel Butte have been, I mean, Daniel Butte has been in our, in our top 10 all year long. He's a big six, five, six, six winger from Russia. And Simichev uh, was seventh in our January list. And I, I believe he's the best defenseman in the draft. Like, I know there's a lot of Ryan Biker talk, but I, I take uh, Simichev all day over him. Um, he's Those two are two of my favorite players in the whole draft. Like, just being yeah. a fan of watching them play, those are my two favorite players. So, yeah, to answer your question, definitely Simichev and, and Butte. But, you know, if you follow our, our list during a year, it's, it's not a huge uh, surprise. <laughs> Honestly, I think... Um, if there was no like, uh, if Russia could play in, in international tournaments during the year, I think there would be no doubt that they would be talking about top ten, you know, in the top ten in every list. I right. think, I think right now, just people are not watching them, you know, as much because they're stuck in Russia, basically, and a little nervous about their availability. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean. It, it's the same for Mitchkov, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it's hard to find one Russian player that was really good that never never came over. You know. Yeah. Yep. It might take two, three, four years, but they do end up because they want to play in the best league. So. That's right. Yeah. So there's a lot of, as we see, there's a ton of questions around the top ten, and and even you know, Montreal's number five overall pick. Um, there's an equal amount of, of questions at the bottom of the first round as well. We know that Montreal has Florida's pick uh, in the first round, which 
you know, maybe three, four months ago, everyone thought might have a, <laughs> a decent kind of middle of the pack um, placement. Now we know it's either depending on how the next uh, week and a half to two weeks goes in the, in the Stanley Cup final, it's either going to be number 31 or pick number 32. Um, who do you see uh, if, and that's, of course, the other question is if the Habs decide to retain this pick and and don't use it um, in a trade, um, if they do select with this pick at number 31 or number 32, who do you see as potential targets for the Canadians? Yeah, I think um, one player I like, and I have him, you know, hired and, 31 or 32 is Bradley Nadeau. Uh, he's a kid from New Brunswick, but plays has played in the BCHL for the last two years. He's going to Maine University uh, next season. Uh, I think he's really talented. He's a uh, about 5'10", 5'11", winger. Uh, his skill level is really high. He's got one of the best shots in the draft. Um, He's also very smart. He's a, he thinks the game quickly. Um, he he was the hands down the best player in the BCHL this year. Um, he's um, so. I think if he's there at thirty one, I think he'd be a great a great option for Montreal. He goes to college. You can leave them leave him there for two three years, um, and. Maine is a you know a decent a decent program in mm-hmm. hockey, um, and uh, yeah, I, like I think if he's there at thirty one, I think he's definitely definitely a, a good option for them. Um, One of the things that you've been saying um, with respect to the other prospects is the difference between the regular season and the playoffs. And it, what interested me was uh, with respect to Bradley Nadeau, he was not only the MVP of the regular season for the uh, BCHL, but he was also the playoff MVP for that league. Yeah. Um, You know, he's a high compete guy. Um, And even last year at 16, he, he stepped up his game in in the playoff last year. If you look at his stats from last year, regular season versus like the playoff, there was like a a big jump in his, uh, in his stats. Um, But he's a gamer. Like he, um, he, uh, he, the thing with one thing that's difficult about him, uh, he played on a the BC Charles a weaker is a weaker league and they, their team was stacked. So I think they lost five games all year. Um, wow. So and a lot of games were like you know seven one six one seven one. <laughs> so I I was uh, like I watched him a lot during the year, but at some point I had to stop because. Okay, those games are useless. Um, so I just came. I just I I left him alone for a while and just came back to him at the end of the year when he, in the semifinal and the final, and you know he so he played against you know a better competition there and um, he was really good in the semi and in the final. So um, so yeah, like I think he's a good option at, at thirty one for for Montreal. Um, do you want to move to the? Uh, you want me to talk about the other other guys here? Yeah, or? sure, absolutely. Yeah, who else do you think might might fit in there? Well, I think if I go maybe a, a local pick, Ethan Gauthier, who plays for Sherbrooke, his dad is a former NHLer, Denis uh, Denis Gauthier, former Flyers, uh, former Flames. Um, 
not really the same physique. <laughs> Ethan <laughs> is a bit on the small side, around 5'11", but he plays like he's 6'3", 220, like his dad. Um, he's a hardworking, smart four that can play anywhere in your lineup. He's He played most on the wing this year, but I think he can play a bit of a cent- at center. Um, he's tough to play against. He's one of the more... One of the more physical player in this in this draft. Um, so and he had a he had a good year with Sherbrooke, and um, you know he saw his role change a bit over the course of the season. With like Sherbrooke made a lot of trades, so at some point he he lost his PP one you know usage. But um, at the end of the day, I think he's a pretty safe bet for for NHL. I think um, and. Um, and I think, depending what Montreal list looks like, I think he could be uh, an option at at thirty one or thirty two uh, for them. I, I don't personally, I don't have him, you know, as a top thirty two player in this draft, but I could see him being a, an option for for Montreal at, at that range. It's just interesting when you see birthplace of Phoenix, Arizona, and of course that was because of his dad. Um, but but he has that dual citizenship and and. Uh, um, competed um, uh, for Canada in in the Holinka Cup, and and uh, I think yep. he he got the most goals in um, yep. in in uh, at Holinka as well. Yeah, he was great at the at that tournament. Um, he showed some some pretty pretty good skill. Even I was even surprised at <laughs> some of those <laughs> uh, some of those plays. But you know, I always say that tournament is the uh, it's the most overrated tournament of the year <laughs> uh, and like I, I honestly like I was seeing his rankings and like uh, his online rankings um, from different lists and I feel like they were just based on what he did at the Alinka so he was he was ranked pretty high all year but you know I think only us at some point didn't have him in the first round um, and, and you know it's not it's not going to change but I still like the player like, I take I take him on my team any day, any day. Like it's it's he's a type of player you want in your team, and you want that player in the playoff. But you know if you're gonna rank him top fifteen, uh, you, you better be a top six forward. And I don't I don't think that's you know I don't think that's what he is. So those two players, Goche and Nadeau, are forwards. Uh, if the Canadians take a forward at the fifth overall pick, do you think they'll be looking for a defenseman? Uh, with that uh, second first round pick, and do you have a defenseman for us? Yeah, I went. I went with a, a local pick again, uh, Etienne Morin uh, from the Moncton Wildcats. He's a kid from just outside Montreal. Um, he, um, well, he had a fantastic season uh, with Moncton. Didn't really start well. I remember my my first viewing of, of the year of, with him, and that was in Sherbrooke, and. I was like, uh, mm, the skating looks really not good. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's a kid that that was one of the first week of the season. Uh, he was still really weak, and he just came back from mono. Mm. Uh, he had mono in the summer and lost, I think, like 15, 20 pounds. Yikes. And he missed the Olinka tournament because of that. Uh, so it took him a while to, you know, get back to uh, – to 100 percent um but once he did like he was one of the be- one of the best defensemen in the league like he scored 20 plus goals 70 plus points um smart player um can really shoot the puck from the point um 
Um, pretty deceptive player too. The skating is, 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 you know, my question mark with him. Like, if he was a great skater, I think he'd be, you know, guaranteed top 32. Um, so, um, you know, how much improvement can he make to his skating? And, you know, technically skating is, is you know, not too bad. It's a lot of, it's a, I feel like it's a, a lack of power. And, you know, I wonder if, can he, can he gain that power in the next few years? You know, I think that's going to be really telling, you know, because there's not many bad skating defensemen in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a, he's not a bad skater, but um, it's definitely to me my my big question mark with him because the rest of his game is quite good. He actually reminds me of uh, William Trudeau, the Montreal oh, yeah. draft pick, who had a great um, season. Because he had, yeah, and he had the same kind of uh, issue in his draft year was yeah he's smart and and Murray is definitely more talented than than Trudeau, um, and. Well, to be fair, Trudeau was a, a bit of a late bloomer, so mm-hmm. it's very a very different, uh, you know, background here. But um, I, uh, Trudeau was uh, very smart, but you know, we liked the way he moved the puck, like uh, Morin does. But you know, I was like, oh man, the footwork is just, you know, questionable. And then you know, two three years later, it looks fine in American Hockey League this season. So. Sometimes it's just the kids, they just need to get, you know, more power and, you know, more, you know, hit the gym. And, <laughs> um, that can, you know, help a bit their, their skating. So we're, we're anxiously awaiting your final draft rankings and, and the production, uh, the release, the launch of, of uh, the Black Book. Um, but if we look back to um, the, your January uh, draft rankings, um, I see in your top 32, you have four uh, goaltenders. Um, not saying that there'll be four uh, in, your, in your final rankings, but it, is this suggesting that uh, 2023 is a, is a pretty good goaltending class? And, and maybe you can mention some of the names that you have your eye on. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely a good, a good goalie class. Uh, finally, we have a good goalie class because the last <laughs> few years have been... I've been uh, not great. Um, so, yeah, a few names. Well, I mean, one of them was, other than Connor Bedar, he was um, the star of the World Junior. It was Adam Guyen from Slovakia. Mm-hmm. So, this is a guy who went undrafted last season. Um, so, he's same vert year as Slavkowski, um, but never drafted. Um, I, I even went back on... Instats, which, which is like a video platform that Scout used to watch video, and there was zero video of him available last year. <laughs> so, oh my! <laughs> yeah, so he came to North America this season, played mostly in North American hockey league, uh, and had, you know made Slovakia's team, and nobody really know too much about him other than if you really watched the North American hockey league, mm-hmm. and he was incredible at this at this tournament. Um, and then, you know, he played, I think he played close to 10 games with Green Bay in the USHL, but, uh, I think his contract was a, a 10, 10 game contract. So he went back in, in the North America, North, North American Hockey League in late January, early February. And then, you know, uh, he finished the season there, but, 
like really interesting story, like just came out of nowhere. Uh, and then, you know, you watch him play, you're like, how, how, how is this even possible? Because <laughs> he's 6'4", he moves, through, like he's one of the best athletes in the draft. Um, he moves super well um, and he competes hard. Like, there's, a, there's a lot to like with this goalie. Um, so he's definitely one that I'm going to keep an eye on where he goes in the draft. Um, and I he's think, off to um, UMD, University of Minnesota Duluth, next yeah. year, which is a really good hockey program. So um, Yeah, I actually read that he's not going to go there next year. He's going to oh. play he's gonna clean Green Bay next season instead of going college. Hmm. Ah. Um, yeah, I just read this in a with Google Translate on a Slovakian website. <laughs> but uh, that's what like he, that's what he he said. So um so pushing back his commitment to to UMD. Yeah, I think maybe he just want to get like a full year in the USHL before going there, but yeah, honestly, he, he could like have a great year in the USHL next year and just sign pro right after EB20. Huh. So it's it's not impossible this this happens. Um you know, other goalie, another goalie from USHL, Jacob Fowler, um, just won the USHL championship with uh, Youngstown. Um, he's been, of all the goalies, I think he might have been the most consistent all year. Um, you know, he won the, uh, I believe he won the MVP of the USHL playoff. He won goal with Team USA at the um, Junior A Challenge in, in December. Uh and he was great all year for Youngstown. He's a big, big kid, six one, six two, two two ten. So he's definitely a, an option if uh, a team wants a, a goalie in the, in the top two rounds. Um, this other guy like Michael Rabel, who's a goalie from Czechia, who also played in the USHL. He's going to play at uh, UMass next season. He played for Omaha this season in the USHL. Big goaltender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six foot six, super agile. Um, at a, I would say decent U eighteen. Like started really good, and I think in the second half of the tournament he started struggling a little bit against better team. But um, he's definitely uh, again like another uh, player to to keep keep an eye on. Or goalie wise, and there's other kid like uh, Carson Bjarnarson for from the WHL. He was Canada number one goalie at the U18. Really struggled uh, at this event. Um, it's been you know up and down with him this season. Like when he's on, he looks like a real future number one goalie, and when he's not, he looks like a guy who will probably never play. So mm. um, he needs to find more you know consistency. Uh, you know, in his game. Um, but there's, like, a lot of other goalie, like uh, Damian Clara is an Italian goalie. Wow. Uh, plays in uh, Sweden this year. Like, he's a monster, like Rabble, 6'6", super athletic, uh, super raw, too. Like, gives up a lot of goals, but, man, his technique with his size and the way he moves, it, it looks like, uh, you know, could be like a very good, you know, I don't know where he's going to go in the draft, but um, he could be a very, you know, good sleeper pick uh, for, for a team. 
Well, I think it's pretty exciting that there are uh, not only a ton of, of options at the goaltending position for this draft, but just as we said at the, at the top of the segment, just how deep this draft is and how much uh, there's, you know, there's there's so many options uh, for teams, particularly in the first round, but definitely into the second as well. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out in just a few weeks at the end of the month. Uh, Jerome Barube, Director of Scouting for Hockey Prospect, we can't thank you enough for being here with us again. If you're not following Jerome on Twitter already, be sure to do that at Jerome underscore Barube. Uh, congratulations, sir, on another uh, approaching the end of another year's worth of work prior to uh, the this year's draft. Uh, we know that you work... Uh, you and the entire team at Hockey Prospect work exceptionally ha- hard all year round uh, to culminate right uh, in things right before the draft. And if you haven't done so, be sure um, to mark it on your calendar that you want to pick up a your copy of the NHL Draft Black Book from Hockey Prospect. Jerome, where can people uh, check out your work, uh, Hockey Prospect work in general, and uh, order a Black Book when it becomes available? Yeah, uh- well, the website is hockeyprospect.com. Pretty easy to, to remember. Uh, so once the book is out, it will be available in PDF format on our website. And uh, if you want the print version, which is like a little hockey draft Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, can... little not being the keyword there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good size. Yeah. Um, it, that is available on Amazon. So, um, and Obviously, Amazon is pretty quick to deliver usually. So, uh, yeah. So that this is where you can get our uh, our book once once it's out. Terrific. Well, congratulations once again, and thank you again for joining us uh, once more here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Wow, that was a great interview. And and listen, um, just looking back at at uh, the last few weeks of the Canadians Connection podcast, as you said. Uh, we've doing been doing a series with uh, draft experts uh, episode Canadians Connection episode two forty four featured Russ Cohn um, last week uh, episode two forty five Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet and this week with Jerome Berube from the Hockey Prospect they all do things a little bit differently they mm-hmm. all come to uh, different conclusions but uh, they're all e- experts in this area um, you know interesting. Names mentioned there are focus uh, by Jerome Berube on Will Smith, Zach Benson, and Matvey uh, Michkov. But even more interesting to me is uh, when you look at the bottom of the draft, that 31-32 spot uh, for the Canadians, um, you know, the, the kind of, of depth of knowledge uh, that Jerome has identifying three players there and then going on to uh, talk about the strength of the goaltenders, uh, goaltending prospects in this year's draft. So... Um, lots of tremendous information there and in the last two, uh, uh, podcasts and, uh, to give you a complete picture, um, as you start thinking about who the Canadians should select, uh, in the upcoming, uh, June draft. Thank you again to Jerome for joining us on the show. It's always very fun, uh, to talk to Mr. Barube and have him on the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, all right. We are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Up next, 
uh, you're going to get to have your say. We will read your replies to uh, last week's question of the week. And you should start thinking about this week's question of the week so that you can leave us some answers to that. Uh, something to the effect of, uh, you know, as as we mentioned in the first segment, that Lotto Quebec has top odds on Michkov and Will Smith uh, for can, for the Canadians' uh, number five overall pick. Who would your pick be uh, at that spot? Start thinking about that. Drop us uh, a comment on uh, the website post on social media or at the Rocket Sports text line 585-3-ROCKET. And uh, we're going to get to that and much more coming up in our next segment. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back one more time to episode 246 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports, uh, Rocket Sports Radio. Forgive me there. You can, uh, of course, follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Habs Connection. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, don't forget, text us anytime, 24-7 at the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853-ROCKET. Once again, that is 5853-ROCKET. Now, before we get to hearing from you, let's get you caught up on things you need to know uh, from Rocket Sports for this week. As we talked about in the first segment, we, of course, want you to read and share the content 
that you can find at HabsHockeyReport.com. That would be the Habs notepad that comes out every Monday. And here in the offseason, you'll always find a collection of Habs headline articles that come out throughout uh, the weekdays as news drops, as well as feature articles. Um, We also want you to be sure uh, that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel uh, is thriving Uh, You can find it at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, If you're familiar with the show, uh, you'll know that we started a a weekly uh, Habs-related show on our YouTube channel called Habs Hockey Report uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, It's been very successful, been very popular, uh, and we are now proud to say that you can also now find this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, on our YouTube channel as well. Wow. it's very exciting. It is uh, YouTube has just launched a podcast arm of uh, the YouTube platform. And so they are becoming very rapidly one of the top podcast platforms as well, um, in addition to all of the videos and so forth. And so it is a video version of this podcast. You'll find it coming out uh, every week. Uh, Right now, uh, we just talked about uh, the fact that Russ Cohen was uh, here on the show doing an interview with us just two weeks ago here on Canadians Connection. And so you can find his excerpt of that interview uh, as the most recent post. So um, so for all of our podcast listeners, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, you can check out the podcast and the Habs Hockey Report weekly show, which comes out on Thursdays there. If you are watching and listening to this on YouTube already, well, congratulations. We're glad that you're there, subscribed, and have found us. Uh, you should also know that this podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, can be found on can be found on your favorite podcast platform as well. So whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Google Music, all of those, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, you can find Canadians Connection. Subscribe to us there as well. Uh, we're just we're we're everywhere. And we should say <laughs> that uh, the Canadians Connection podcast for regular listeners, they know it comes out. Uh, Every Saturday, it has Mm -hmm. since uh, about 2011, Uh, every Saturday afternoon, usually uh, around 3 p.m. Eastern, and it will be the place where you find uh, the podcast first uh, on on your favorite podcast app. A couple days later, it's going to appear on YouTube if uh, you want to wait for it there. That's right. Or if you have friends or family who are more like, no, I don't listen to podcasts, I I listen, I, you know, everything I consume, it's on YouTube. Well, then you're, you can tell them, well, great. This podcast that I listen to, you're going to be able to start listening to it on YouTube as well. Uh, of course, be sure to subscribe not only to this podcast, but uh, the Press Zone podcast as well. You can find us there at thepresszone.fm. And don't forget, uh, we do have, Rick, a new Canadians Connection question of the week this week. Uh, what is it that we want to hear from our listeners the answer to? Well, Lotto Quebec has placed uh, top odds on the Canadians' um, pick, um, either being Meechkoff or Will Smith. Well, who do our listeners want uh, out of out of those two? Who, if available, who would the Canadian who would uh, Canadians Connection listeners want uh, the Montreal Canadiens to pick? Mm, that's a very good question. Uh, last week, when uh, on on Canadians Connection episode two forty five, uh, titled "Responding to Smith, Leonard, or Reinbacher," um, we had some answers to last week's question of the week. In fact, I believe you have a message from Jim in Lethbridge, Alberta. 
Yeah, he texted us. And um, as we ask you to do, please uh, let us know your first name and where you're texting from. Yes. Text, text, texted us at uh, 585 through Rocket. Uh, and Jim says, I love this series with the draft experts. I liked what Sam, he's referring to Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet, said about Ryan Leonard. Habs need a player who will be a force in the playoffs. I'd take him at five. And mm-hmm. we remember that uh, Sam was pretty high on Ryan Leonard mm-hmm. um, and uh, part of the U.S. Uh, national team, um, line mate of, of uh, Will Smith. And uh, Sam's comments were that uh, Ryan Leonard is a rugged player with a motor that doesn't uh, quit, <laughs> just has an extremely high compete level and has uh, one of the hardest shots uh, in the draft. So, um, thank you, Jim. And he agrees with what Sam had to say about Ryan Leonard. Thank you to Jim for writing in. You can do the same. Text us at 5853-ROCKET. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's a response to this week's question of the week, or if you just have a question, a statement, a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Also, one more time, a very big thank you to Jerome Barube, Director of Scouting over at uh, Hockey Prospect. Be sure to watch out at HockeyProspect.com for the release of this year's NHL Draft Black Book. Make sure you get an order in. Uh, you will not be disappointed with the information contained in there. And uh, we uh, very much appreciate Jerome taking some time out in what is essentially their biggest crunch time of the year uh, to come and join us here on the Canadians Connection. Uh, Michael Spinella, you missed him today. I know. Don't worry. He'll be back next (laughs) week. Uh, He is uh, back in the hosting chair next Saturday. That's when you'll find the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast on podcast platforms. uh, And that will be on Saturday, June 10th. So be sure to watch out for that. Uh, You can then look for it to hit YouTube just a couple of days after that. Uh, So if you don't want to miss the Canadians Connection podcast, wherever you wish to consume it, uh, then be sure you've subscribed on your favorite podcast platform or on on the YouTube.com uh, slash All Habs site, and uh, you certainly won't miss a single episode. We thank you so much for uh, listening to the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, Rick, I want to thank you for uh, having me uh, sub in today uh, for for Michael Spinella. It was uh, it was a blast. I very much enjoyed being here. Great to have you here, and great to have you in on that interview with Jerome Barabbas. Thank you very much, and thanks to all of you for listening. We uh, we appreciate you being here every year. We appreciate uh, every week, I should say. We appreciate uh, your constant loyalty and listenership, which allows us to grow. And we look forward to talking to you next week on another very fun episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.